just, you know, like keep <laughs> posting is remembering that like God has given me this, this value, this spark in who I am without any of the trappings that I add to it. And I think that is one of the things I want other people to understand as well, is that they have value even in their their worst, lowest, dirtiest, grimiest moments, most ordinary everyday moments, because they're a person. And I want to recognize that. And I want to encourage them in that so that they can start seeing it in themselves. Good. I always want to say good morning, but I never know when these are actually going to, you know, people are going to listen to. So good day or night. Uh, welcome to the Pocket Pulpit Podcast. My name is Hector and I'm here with my co-host Sarah. Hey. And we have a special guest with us today, uh, Mary Jane. How do you say your last name? I mean, I'm going to take a guess and you can tell me I'm wrong, but it's Suriano. Yeah, uh, well... Oh. We Americanize it, so we say Soriano, but... Okay. Yep. Sweet. Well, welcome to the pocket. Hmm? What was that? I said it sounds better when you say it, Hector. Like, all. Yeah. It also Suriano. sounds probably American, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, we'll just boy. have a section right here where I just... Suriano. <laughs> Suriano. If everyone could pronounce it the way I pronounce it. Suriano. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. uh, welcome to the Pocket Pulpit Podcast, where we're very professional and do very professional things. Today, we're just gonna we're just gonna have a chat with our friend. We've loved getting to invite friends into the conversations that Sarah and I have had about social media ministry. How do they interact? Are they compatible? Can you use social media for good? These are just some of the questions that that we're kind of thinking through and, and wondering in the season of online where everyone's online, how do you, you use a social media platform for good and for the church and for Christ? So, well, you know, just jump right in y'all. Yeah. So All we right. want to know who, who are you? What, what platforms are you on and what's your preferred platform? That's where we're going to start. Oh, okay. My name is Mary Jane. I'm a, sometimes a nurse, sometimes other things kind of a jack of all trades. I don't know. I have lots of different social media accounts, but mostly I just use Twitter. I watch a lot of TikTok videos, but I don't make any. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't really like posting on Instagram that much. I don't know. So mostly just Twitter. Hector and I, when we were having conversations about people that we wanted to talk to because we see them out there doing their thing, your name came up. And the thing that really stood out to us, or one of the things that there's a number of things that we have noticed about you and gone, we should talk to her. We should talk to her. But we noticed your Selfie Sunday. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just tell us what you do for Selfie Sunday, what that is, how you started doing that. So Selfie Sunday came because (laughs) a lot of reasons. I was recovering from COVID, like I just had COVID and I was in a new city. I didn't have any like community or church and I was feeling very kind of unmoored and really struggling also with like long-term effects of COVID. And I already 
had been like really struggling with like body image. Like this is a lifelong thing. You know, I think for a lot of people, especially if you're plus sized or fat, you really struggle to see how God made you as good. But I really, this is something I want to work at. I want to work at becoming more embodied, if that makes any sense. I want to love the person who God made me, even when society tells me that that's wrong. So I was like, I don't know, baking or something. And so I just took a picture and I was like, you know what? This is what I look like just normally on a Sunday. And I was trying to lean into Sabbath as well. And like, what does the Sabbath mean? And this sense of community and rest. And I was like, I just want to see people. And so I was like, if you, you know, just show me what you look like now and let's celebrate it. Let's celebrate our just like ordinary, tired faces, not the Sunday best version of ourselves, but just like where we are right now. And like so many people um, responded. It kind of was like, oh my gosh. So I tried when I like post it at the beginning, I tried to like give everybody uh, a like a compliment or like a little benediction or something, but it was like soon too much for me and I'm already struggling. And so <laughs> I asked people to help. Like, can you also encourage? Because it's just too much for just me. Like it's like encouragement. I find true proper encouragement is exhausting because you have to kind of pay attention to people and be aware of them. And I try to pray over whatever I'm saying. And, and so it was just too much for me to do alone. And then, so other people started joining in and it was so, the thing I didn't expect was that people would post every week and then we would see each other's faces and we would get glimpses into each other's lives every week. And we started to like, get to know each other better just from that. Like you get a sense of people's rhythms and lives and just from, you know, seeing them once a week. And that really, I think, was kind of a, it was a, an anchor point for me, I think, especially when I was really struggling with a lot of things in my life. But just having like Sunday, where I knew that there were people waiting to hear from me, and that I would see them it was, it was really helped me get through a lot of isolating times because it was, um, I don't know, it was something to look forward to. And other people expressed, you know, this is part of my, my Twitter liturgy. <laughs> like, like, this is how I know what the day of the week is. And that made me laugh. And I had to take a break for a while. Uh, I took Lent off just to kind of you know, get myself in a better mindset and, and other people took it over. And then I think that's really what I wanted for it was to not be my thing because like the sense of community, it's not because of me, it's because people decided to come alongside and post and say how they were doing or show little pieces of things they thought were beautiful and so I really, I think that really helped me to be able to like re-engage with it was having the pressure off of having to be like the best encourager or anything. 
that kind of built up after a while. But being able to hand it off really helped me to be able to see, like, keep going because it's it's a lot. But yeah, that's kind of the long and short of it. Yeah. Well, so you, you sort of started to get into it, but is there any specific moment where this Selfie Sunday threads uh, really not only as you, you talk about how you, you wanted, hey, let's just show who we are, but is there any specific moment that you can remember that ministered to you, kind of brought life uh, in, in you as you're scrolling through? I don't know if there's a single moment but I think it was um like how it became kind of a jumping off point to get to know people and grow closer to people and that I think was really what ministered to me is because I when I was in quarantine for COVID I was by myself for two weeks didn't see anybody not like no other faces except when I had to get medical attention. And I remember feeling so alone and so isolated. I was like, I feel like I'm going to Mars. And it was like the only connection I had with the outside world was pictures of people. And I think that like hunger to see people's faces and connect their words to them, I think was very similar to my desire to connect who I am metaphysically to my physical body. And so it came, like, I think that's kind of what really ministered to me was being able to understand more of my friends because of being able to see them. And I think that's something that a lot of people, especially Christians, underestimate is the value of our bodies and our faces and our physical beings and how, like, we're not souls with a body. We are entire beings. And I think that's what's really, it's driven home for me is that I am my body. And so are all my friends. And it's really helped me to, I think it's just given me a greater sense of the holiness of having a body and honoring that, whatever it looks like and, and who these people in my community are and helping me feel less alone. There's, there are probably like a hundred like beautiful things about like what, what you've been saying. One of them, I don't think I had even like when I have reflected and thought about what I wanted to talk to you about it. Um, I didn't even like, I didn't know how deep that community piece was. And so to hear like people came alongside you and that they joined in on you and it sounds in with you. And it sounds like it was um, organic or natural that, that they just came along with you. Mm-hmm. And that sort of organic community is, is incredible. It's encouraging and it is, a, it's beautiful. Um, have you, have they given you feedback? Like this matters to me and we came alongside you because, or any of that, like, uh, kind of not so formal or anything, but I remember I started to understand what it meant to people because if I was like late posting on a Sunday, people would message me. Are we doing it this week? Like I'm ready. Like I like I've kind of like screwed up my courage to the sticking point. I'm going to post a picture this week and I'm very excited. Like, are we doing it? What's happening? And I did not expect that at all. 
I think that sometimes I go through life thinking like, you know, the things I do, people don't notice or they don't. Like I start to get into this mood of like what I'm doing doesn't even like people don't understand, like they don't notice, they don't care. But like when people started being like, you know, like, no, I look forward to this every week to be able and they felt the same way. And I kept getting these messages. And I think that was like a double-sided thing where it's like, oh my gosh, this means so much to people. And it kind of like built up the pressure, but also it helped me to see the value a bit more because I understood that it meant something to other people as well as it did to me. So I have, I posted on a, on a couple of them. I remember like that, that sense of like, okay, this is not selfie Sunday best, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, and generally you're posting it. I think about the time I'm taking my Nazarene nap. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. <laughs> so my, my makeup has worn off if I put makeup on in the morning and I'm just like, my Sunday afternoons are pretty lazy general, generally. But I remember, like you said, somebody said they screwed up their courage, you know, and I can remember feeling like, okay, if I'm going to post this, I'm going to do it like it's supposed to be. And it's just going to be a picture of me. And it's not going to be a filtered, angled, branded picture, you know, that I'm taking my best spot of my house. You know, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be me. And that was it was challenging for me to engage in that way. And it made me think about how, what a good, healthy practice it is to, I mean, it's a good, healthy practice. It helps us respond to like this, what we know from research is true that, that social media feeds comparison and that filters are impacting the way we see ourselves. I kind of wanted to hear what you, your thoughts on, on those things were about the monster of comparison and, and the impact of branding, how everybody brands themselves Mm -hmm. now and how, how people are struggling to identify their own face because filters are so Mm -hmm. heavy. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I definitely have thoughts on that because like, I know myself, the pressure to look nice in the initial picture that I post is always, like, in my, for me, in my brain, immense. I think that, like, sometimes I have to really, like, no, often, I have to really refocus myself on the whole purpose. Because, you know, it's very easy to nitpick. Like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) this terrible background. I don't look very nice. I look sweaty and greasy or whatever. But I think for me, one of the values of this whole thing has been seeing people as they are. And when you see your friends, like when you're in person with your friends, you just see them, right? There's nothing in between you. There's no mediator. And you get to know them in part because you get to know how they dress, you know, how they look when they're tired and when they're happy and they're excited. Like you can gauge better based on what they look like. And um, like, and I just love being able to get to know people more because I see little glimpses into their ordinary life. Mm. And I think that for me is the most precious part is that I can see little bits of my friends and like build a bigger picture of who they are. And I think that's something that we lose on social media. And that's one of the reasons I think I struggle with Instagram 
Um, and I know a lot of people do is because you just tend to see people just post when they're having, they have a good picture, you know, they post when they have a good day or something special happening. And it's not super vulnerable to do that. Like when I am having a good hair day or like I look cute, I want to take as many pictures for posterity as possible, right? Like I want, I want everyone to know, but when I'm not feeling good in my body or I'm struggling, I'm crying, like I'm having a bad day. I don't want to broadcast to the world because there's such an element of vulnerability in that. And I think that we feel the same just with like our ordinary lives. Like people seeing your dirt, your garbage and your low points is a very vulnerable thing. And I think that's one of the things I really appreciated about Twitter is I've felt a little more freedom to be vulnerable, but it's still kind of terrifying to put out pictures of me that I don't like or that are not who I want to be or who I want people to think of me as. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why this has been so important for me to come to with like a, I want to say a pure heart, but like I have to constantly be assessing myself for how I'm coming. Do I like, why am I doing this? And every week it's kind of like, a, if I feel, I, I've started to give myself grace actually, because I think at the beginning it was like, I have to do this every week. Everybody's expecting it. But then now, after taking some time away, I just felt like, you know what? If I really just can't, there's grace for that too. If yeah. today I don't have that in me, I'm okay to step back. It's a process. It's not something to force. And I think that's what a lot of people also feel is that they struggle because they're like, well, I wish I could. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. If you just, all you can give me right now is a pretty picture from last week, I will accept it because that is something. And I want whatever you can give. And I think that is part of the important part is realizing that like, we're never gonna, it's not, it's not easy and it's not supposed to be. It's just a, it's just a process of learning to accept ourselves in our or and see the beauty in our ordinary moments and I think that's something that social media has taken is like when I look at my pictures my dad took when I was little there's so many that are random moments right I don't even know why he was taking this picture but now looking back those are the ones I treasure the most because they show me what my life was really like like the posed perfect pictures those ones I'm like fine it's cool but those aren't the ones I want I want the ones that take me back to and show me and remind me of what life was really like. And I think that those are the things that you value the most after that you don't value in the moment. And I think that's what this is bringing back a little bit is just this ability to kind of see the beauty in our lives without that filter and perfection having to be applied. I think that that kind of helps us just go into a, a different part of the conversation um, around, you know, you talked a lot about embodiment. You talked a lot about, you know, 
us being this body. Um, just over the last several weeks and really the last year, we've seen a lot of posts, comments, threads about the Imago Dei. Mm-hmm. Um, and just simply being right, the image of God, man is the image of God. Um, so what does it mean to you, Emmy, that, that we are created in the image of God? And how does that uh, help shape some of those thoughts that, that you've been sharing? Mm, yeah, this is one that I really ponder a lot, I think, because I, I think like a lot of people, used to think of the Imago Dei as like, oh, okay, well, we look like God somehow. Like, all right, whatever that means. And I think that we do. Obviously, Jesus was a human, so he looks like us. We look like him. And in our emotions and in our relationships, we look, we resemble God. We have the ability to have community and tell story and relate to each other. And that is like God. Um, But I think the thing that I've really been myself struggling with to understand and accept this past year is that the meaning of the Imago Dei is that we have this intrinsic value because we are human beings. And I remember seeing somewhere this poster someone made and and, and it really just struck me the wrong way because it was saying like, um, basically saying that human beings have value because of what they can do, what they can achieve. We, uh, we are pro-life, whatever that means, because of what potential that person has to bring things into the world. But I think that's so wrong because I have intrinsic value because I am made in God's image, even if I do nothing my entire life. People with disabilities, people who cannot achieve in the way that we think of it, they have beauty and value because they're made in God's image, no matter what they do. Like, I, I struggle with feeling useless and feeling like that is a failure in my walk with God. Like, this is something I really struggle with, but I think something that's really, I have to keep coming back to is that, no, I have value and nothing I do is going to add or subtract from that value. And it's because God made me and loved me. And whatever that may mean, the way that I act, the way that I love people, this, this way that I, that is all part of it, but it's also not all of it. Like there's such a, I think an element of mystery that we lose when we try to overly define. And I think for me, it comes back to like, where's my value? And, and why does this make me precious? And it's precious. I'm precious because God deemed me so. I am made in his image in some way that I can never quite understand. And so is every other person on this planet. And that just inherently means that I'm worthy of respect. I'm worthy of grace and that I'm worthy of love in whatever state I'm in. And I think that's something that's been very important to me because even when I, I can't work, I can't study. I, I I can't like take care of myself fully. 
I still have God's image and I'm still precious and loved. And I think that's what's really been helping me even to just, you know, like keep (laughs) posting is remembering that like God has given me this, this value, this spark in who I am without any of the trappings that I add to it. And I think that is one of the things I want other people to understand as well, is that they have value even in their their worst, lowest, dirtiest, grimiest moments, most ordinary everyday moments, because they're a person. And I want to recognize that. And I want to encourage them in that so that they can start seeing it in themselves. Because I think it's something we also struggle with, you know, (laughs) like I don't look good today and the world would tell me that means that I'm not worthy of respect. I didn't bathe, I haven't bathed in a week. The world would tell me that that means that I'm not worthy of being treated well. I don't have a home. I don't have a place to live. I can't work. I'm I'm suffering from addiction or illness of any kind. I think a lot of time we attach that need to be productive and we attach a moral weight to it and we attach worth to it. And I think really when we, when we strive to help people understand that they are made in God's image, it means detaching our worth from all of those things. It means looking at ourselves in our ordinary moments and saying, I have value right now. I am just as valuable and loved now as I will be any other time. I think about like hearing you talk, I'm thinking about Hagar when she is with Abraham and Sarah. Um, They don't call her by name. They don't, she's, she is functional for them. Mm -hmm. Sarah mistreats her and Abraham doesn't defend her. She's just, this pawn right and mm-hmm. she runs and then um the angel of the lord finds her and he speaks her name mm-hmm. he speaks he says hagar slave of sarah where have you come from and where are you going he is identifying her mm-hmm. and, and i know i see you i know who you are um and he he listens to her and he um but he speaks into like her full situation and it, it might sound like even as he describes her, some people wouldn't want, he says, you know, you're, you're pregnant and you're going to give birth to a son. You're going to name, you're going to name him Ishmael. The Lord Mm -hmm. has heard of your misery and he will be a wild donkey of a man and his hand will be against everyone and his hand um, and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. And some people might hear that and be like, like, that doesn't feel like, the nicest thing that you're saying about my, about this kid, you know, <laughs> but for her, it was, it was, you know, he said, I see that you feel fenceless. And I want you to know that this child you're carrying, like will have adversaries, but he will, he will have defense, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you, he's, um, sends her back into the situation, but he sends her back with a purpose and a promise. And she says, um, you are the God who sees me. I've now seen the one who sees me. And so when you describe like wanting to see your friends and just see them, like I, I hear 
that, that heart of God that just sees us and wants us to be seen honestly. And even if, even those things that aren't pretty and aren't, um, we don't like, you know, I'm sure Hagar didn't like being the slave of Sarah, but this is like, I, I identify that that is part of who you are. And I'm going to speak into that part of you. He saw her fully. And so when I, um, when I hear you talk about that, I really do hear, um, I mean, just the heart of God, who, who God is the first, the first time a person names, gives God a name. It's Hagar saying, you're the God Mm -hmm. who sees me. Um, and, and so it really, I mean, what you do is, is very valuable. You are looking at the people around you with the eyes of God. And that's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, I think uh, just even just hearing the way you speak, I hear such a, just a, a tenderness. Um, I think, uh, and really I, I was this morning, I was praying with someone and just reminding them that the Lord is mighty and powerful, but he's also gentle, uh, kind and tender. And I think that as, as you're describing these things in, in confidence and in firmness of like, these things are true, uh, but there's a tenderness to them in wanting to really come up besides and, and around people um, and strengthen them and remind them like you are made in God's image. And I want to give an opportunity to celebrate that. that at least that's what I hear mm-hmm. to celebrate this, that wherever you are, whatever you find yourself doing, this one thing is true. You're made in the image of God. You are loved just where you are. Um, and going back to, right, you have intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love, I, yeah, I just want to make sure to, to, to say that. Like, I love hearing that in you. It's such a strong and firm conviction, um, but one that is given and spoken about in just a, a tenderness that both of those things come from the Lord. So. Living out the Imago Day, right? Like living That's out right. the, the, that image of God and being able to to relate. And as you were you're explaining that, just um, in those ordinary moments. So, mm-hmm. mm. I, I um, also think. I mean, you talked about the time you took off, but even now that you're back and you're you do it, I still see people at other times will say, you know, like I'm taking a page uh, from Amy Shane's book, and I, you know, inviting inviting these images. So like, we want to encourage people to try stuff, you know, and this is such a tryable thing, you know, it's, and you can try it on any platform. And Mm -hmm. the, the advice that you gave about, about bringing people into it around, uh, around you into it, you know, is such good advice so that you are not overwhelmed by something. Mm -hmm. This was very encouraging. I'm so glad to hear it. Just the whole, just the whole heart behind it is that people would be encouraged and uh, reminded that they're loved and felt and valued. And I would say, yeah, just I think the goal should always be to be 
replaceable. <laughs> That's how it's Michael. <laughs> anyway, is not not that I'm not like valuable at what I do or whatever, but just that the the responsibility for being encouraging and being loving is not ours alone to carry. Like God speaks through his people and I'm not his only person (laughs) like he has given the ability to encourage and call out beauty and call out goodness to every one of his children and I think it's just something we have to work at and that's something I think I got a little frustrated with a little bit early on was like oh my gosh these people don't know how to like encourage or give compliments but I think it's just because a lot of times it's not something we're used to and I think maybe it's not something everybody thinks about like how can I encourage somebody in a way that one helps them to see that I see them and two helps them to know that they're valued. Cause like, I think sometimes there's, we all have like those compliments that everybody gives us and we just think, Oh my gosh, everybody says that and it feels like a throwaway or like, I don't get the kind of compliments that everybody else does. And that hurts. And I think people think about that, but when we're encouraging people, we don't always think about that and so that's another thing that I really hope that people get start getting better at is giving good encouragement and good compliments Mm. like or just like making conversation if you don't know what to say to somebody because that just shows them that you see them as well even if you can't like say anything and you don't can't think of anything to say you could say that sounds like so much fun I hope you had a good day and at least they feel acknowledged because I think the worst is when you step out and you feel like people aren't acknowledging you or don't see you or they're just like, okay, moving on to someone else, you know? And so I think that's what I'm hoping that people get better at as I kind of step back from that and they start, and pe- I try, I'm trying to get people to encourage each other more in part to get better at it. That's where we just be awkward and <laughs> prove your point. It's okay. When I, w- I w- spent some time in a missions organization and we did a lot of like, you know, giving practice, of giving people words and praying over people. And I think I learned so much through that. And one of the things I learned was to trust my gut about how to encourage people. And like, I think some people will be like, well, you have a gift. And I'm like, well, we can all have this gift. I am firmly convinced that encouragement is one of the gifts that God gives everybody. Mm. <laughs> so, like, I think that if you just try anything, like, here's a weird example, but people with brown eyes, I think don't often get told that their eyes are beautiful. Because in a lot of people's minds, brown eyes are common and not like worth commenting on. And I think that's so bogus. And so sometimes when I see a lot of people commenting on people with beautiful blue eyes, I will find the people with beautiful brown eyes. And I'll be like, hey, I hope someone has told you that your eyes are beautiful, that your skin, your face is beautiful, even though like society may not recognize it as such. You are beautiful. Your dark, dark black skin is beautiful. And I see that and I recognize it and I want you to know that. And I think that's something I try to think about when I'm encouraging people is that it's not just like a throwaway. 
it's like something I'm trying to give them from God so that they know that they're loved. Well, as a brown eyed man, I appreciate that. Uh, Cause it's true. It is true. You go, Oh man, like everyone has brown eyes, you know, it is this common thing and it is this thing that can feel very like there's nothing special about my eyes. Right. But in, in the end, like, when those things are spoken of like, no, but I still see them. Not do it. Not only do I see them, I notice them though. The, they are beautiful or they look different in light than mm-hmm. when you're on camera. And uh, no, that's, that's awesome. I appreciate that. So on behalf of all the brown eyed people, thank you. Of course. And I think that's like, that, that is kind of the thing that I think that I need to hear so often is that you may be one of several billion people, but you are the only one uh, that, like of you. And you have so much value and uniqueness, even though you may feel ordinary. And like, I remember the Lord speaks to me through books a lot and The Little Prince. Really, I don't know if you guys have read it, but I would highly recommend it because he has spoken so much to my heart on that one. And there's this line where this little prince, he loved a rose, right? And the rose told him, I'm the only one. And so he's like, okay. But then he gets to earth and sees all these roses, right? And he feels, he's like, what? But there's so many. She's just like all of the rest. And the fox he's with goes, no, she is special. She is the only one because she's your rose and you love her. And when we love people and they are like, loved by us and they love us when we're in relationship with people they become special we are special and loved because jesus and god deemed us so and i think that's what i need to hear so often is that yes i'm just like so many other people in a lot of ways but i am the only me and i have value and i have something to bring to this world just by being myself, my ordinary everyday self, I'm special because I am loved. Not, I'm not loved because I'm special. I'm special because I am loved and I am valuable because I've been deemed of value by God. And I think that's really what I want people to understand is that like, okay, your brown eyes, they're special because they're yours. And that like when the people who love you see them, they're reminded of why they love you. Mm. And that's what makes us special and unique. Man, I I love these conversations. I just, I was telling Sarah before, like sitting down with people and just, you, you know, we have a list of questions that we try to get. Uh, but just being able to see where the conversation goes and, and how, you kind of start to see the nuts and bolts of like what make what makes people do the things they do online and that you know these these interactions that people have like yourself and and, and the this selfie sunday thing um but just you start to see the the different pieces that really come under that if you don't ask you don't know you know Mm -hmm. like there are these just as you're saying there are these things that make us like that make that 
effort you need because someone else may come to a selfie Sunday like thing or decide to try something for themselves. And it's for a completely different and yet still very valid reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I've, I've loved these conversations and I'm so thankful to just the opportunity to sit and, and hear the the heart behind why and, and not necessarily just specifically for Selfie Sunday, but kind of how that comes out of the rest of the way that you view the world and people and interacting with, with one another. Um, I think one of the, the things that Sarah and I just keep talking about social media ministry is that like you can't just check out when you log on, right? We say that in, in one of our earlier episodes that you can't just leave your card at the door. You know, when you show up to social media, um, if you're going to be authentic, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to do ministry, you just, you have to show up. You have to mm-hmm. show up as, as your whole person and that will come through. Um, so anyway, I can ramble on forever about that. Sarah, you got anything else? I've, I've just enjoyed this. It's been a great conversation. I appreciate your time. It's so encouraging to me to, to talk with people who are, I say, I want to go with people who want to go. Like, that's the thing mm-hmm. I just keep, have said to myself. And like, I want to talk with people who are, whose like hearts are, are for caring for people in these, in these spaces and in these ways. And I want to hear from people who are, um, who are doing it in different ways than I've tried. And, um, and because, I mean, there were things that you shared that benefited me for how I do my things that I can, that encourage me. Like when I think about there are Fridays that I think I don't, I don't, I don't, you get a varied amount of response when you ask people, um, if you can pray for them, which is what I do. And some, Fridays, there have been Fridays that I've been typing prayers for like six hours and that's not Mm -hmm. sustainable for me. And there, there are Fridays that I absolutely have that kind of time and I will Mm -hmm. spend that kind of time. I've, I've learned to kind of shape the way I post or to, um, just to shape the way I post on those things or to give myself a little grace so that I can say like, you are not like, I don't know, a machine mm-hmm. and the hearing about the, like bringing a team around you or like bringing people around you to join in with you. Like that's all really good encouragement and applies beyond just the one way that you're doing it. I think it's, it's just fantastic and encouraging to me. So yeah. other than that, that's uh, I don't have any other questions unless you do Hector. No, no, I don't. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation and just again, thank you for your time, Mary, Mary Jane. Are you, I, okay. So I said that and I immediately went, Oh no, she's going to, you know, cause there's some people that are like, Mary's fine. And then there's other people like, no, Mary Jane is my name. And, mm-hmm. uh, and again, going back to what we've talked about, right? Like names are important too. And, yes. uh, and so just for anyone online <laughs> who is listening or hearing and, uh, what is the preferred way that you like to be addressed? Uh, Mary Jane, never Mary, never, ever. <laughs> That's the one thing. Um, I've gone by many names, but uh, I like Mary Jane or Emmy. Either is fine. Yeah. But. Perfect. And where can people find you online? Um, 
Twitter, I guess, at Emmy Shane. There might be an underscore in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, there is an underscore in between Emmy and Shane. But, you know, the Lord will lead you to me if that's where you're supposed to be. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me.